0: Welcome to Canada's podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Schneider Electric, supporting Canadian businesses with innovative energy management and automation solutions. Schneider Electric, your digital partner for sustainability and efficiency. Russell, welcome. Um, uh, it, it, we, we've both been really busy. So it's been a, <laughs> a little bit of a long, a long journey itself in terms of getting together. But, you know, I'm sure uh, easy 365, you know, crypto, NFTs, oh, all of that thing is very much in the news. So, um, I mean, it's very relevant. So tell us a bit more about the venture, why
1: you started it and what its future might be. Sure. Thanks, Phil. And uh, yeah, it's been a bit of a challenge getting this underway. So really nice to be here finally today. But, uh, uh, you know, the universe uh, finds a way in the end. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, so uh, I've been on this uh, crypto journey since about 2015 uh, when I, uh, well, the the story actually starts a few years before that. I first discovered Bitcoin uh, around 2012, somewhere around there. I think it was about $50 a coin. Uh And uh, I I did a little bit of research. I was like, okay, this seems interesting. I went to my wife and I said, I wanna buy a hundred of these Bitcoins for $5,000. And uh, she's like, are you crazy? Do you think I'm gonna, I'm gonna hand over my hard earned money to some scammer on the internet that invented fake currency? There's no way, you know, she was financially responsible. So yeah. uh, to this day, I tease her about that, about the uh, 100 Bitcoins, extra 100 Bitcoins I should have that I don't. But um, a few years went by and around 2015, I was at the time uh, focused on angel investing and I was looking for emerging markets, emerging technologies. Mm-hmm. And uh, I came across uh, Bitcoin again uh through a friend of mine and i was like okay i started looking into it a little bit more really started wrapping my head around not just cryptocurrencies and uh, in general but but specifically the blockchain technology that underlies it and to me this was really what captivated my uh imagination and you know i started my career uh in 1995 just as windows 95 and the first netscape navigator were released and you know, this was for the internet, it's mass adoption moment because it represented for the very first time an easy way for people to get online. And from 95 to 96 to 97, the internet grew 20X uh, annually uh, to where it is today. And so I saw a lot of p- parallels in terms of the transformational potential of what this blockchain technology represented. And, and I, I felt very strongly and feel even more strongly today that you know when you look back from 1995 to today over the last 25 years or so the incredible influence that the internet has had and the fact that you know it has changed virtually every aspect of our society um and i see the same potential with blockchain that we're just in the in in, in the in the infancy of it and over the next 20 years i believe it'll have an even greater impact on society than the internet has had over the last 20 so that really started my journey. and um, uh, it, 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 everything else pretty much got pushed aside. Uh, my focus became uh, Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. I started building mining rigs. I started uh, I tried to brush off some of my old uh, development skills and and uh, <laughs> I think too much time had gone by. So I abandoned that. but i did I did mine. I was actively trading. I was investing, I was looking at um at at a variety of different projects at the time there weren't that many but uh and then in 2017 that's when the real excitement started uh and and this was really bitcoin's coming out party Uh, in january it was a thousand dollars and by december it had uh was just under twenty thousand. and that 20x rise in 12 months uh obviously got a lot of people's attention and uh throughout that entire bull run uh on a daily basis five times a day sometimes more uh people were calling me old friends from high school people on Facebook that see that I was posting about crypto uh and the question was always the same like I want in how do I buy Bitcoin how do I get it I tried I did some research I couldn't figure it out and there was such a massive barrier to entry for the average person uh that I felt this was a a major hurdle to mass adoption so uh, in January of 2018, uh, at the height of the market, just before crypto winter set in, I founded Easy 365 with the goal of trying to help facilitate mass adoption by making it as easy as possible for brand new users with no experience uh, to to enter the market. Um, at the time, uh, especially uh, onboarding fiat, uh, buying Bitcoin for cash was exceptionally difficult. Um, certainly. Going the other way was was nearly impossible. Things have improved a little bit, but there's still a long way to go. And and that was the idea is that we we started with the 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 concept with an exchange called Easy Exchange, which is live. Uh, and you know, especially back then. Now again, things are a little bit better. But we were basically the first exchange with 24 hour telephone support. We were one of the first exchanges with credit card processing. Uh, and again, the idea is that. You know, if you're an average person and you want to start investing in stocks, you can go to E-Trade or Ameritrade or Pricewaterhouse. You can open up an account with any number of brokerages. And it's fairly intuitive. If you've done online banking, you can figure it out. And if you get stuck, there's always a telephone number you can pick up and somebody will help walk you through it. Mm -hmm. Um, None of that existed in the the crypto space. And so, you know, for it, it really was a situation where only the most technically savvy and determined individuals ever made it all the way through to the end. Most people would simply give up. At some point along the way. And this would, in my mind, leave Bitcoin permanently in the fringes. So, uh, where we are now, three and a half years later, is uh, uh, we, we are developing a blockchain based ecosystem. So, the exchange is live. Uh, we have um, an NFT component that just launched called Easy NFT. Uh, we have a gaming and esports component that we're building out that will launch next uh, called Easy Win. And then we have a learning portal. Uh, called Easy Academy because education is a is a critically important component to mass adoption. Uh, so that's basically the 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 idea, and um, you know it's been an incredible journey. Three and a half, almost now in January. Come January, it'll be four years. Um, the industry uh, changes dramatically. We've had to pivot a number of times, but it's it's an incredible space to be in. But, but you didn't start as an entrepreneur.
0: You, you know, how did you get there?
1: It's a really, you know, that's a great question. And, and I've had this discussion with other people because um, uh, earlier this year, I turned 50. So, you know, I became an entrepreneur for the first time at 47. And uh, most entrepreneurial stories are, you know, like Mike, Mark Zuckerberg or those kinds of people that start in their 20s. Yeah. Uh, but uh, looking back, uh, I, I I wouldn't have it any other way. And I truly believe that I needed all of my all of the experience that I've had over the 25 years in the corporate industry. Uh, I needed, you know, the, the the two decades of maturity of of all of the you know the failures and the stumbles along the way, and and I needed that entire life uh, uh, to in order for this to be successful. I think that if I would have started this, I forget the fact that blockchain didn't exist when I was 20s, uh, in my 20s or my 30s, but. Uh, if I would have tried any sort of uh, entrepreneurial venture, uh, I'm certain, well, I shouldn't say certain, but I, I suspect that things wouldn't have gone as well because I wouldn't have had all of this living <laughs> that, I, that I have now done. And so uh, uh, I, I, I love where I am. Uh, I, I'm, you know, I, I had a good career. Uh, I, I hope I never have to go back into that world, uh, but um, uh, it's, it's really, really valuable to have had that experience.
0: So, oh, you know, you talked about starting up. I mean, everyone needs some kind of financing. Thing. You know, you've raised money uh, over the last few years uh, and presently are doing the same thing. You know, for those that, that, that haven't been there, what are the key elements, you know, for attracting and winning confidence of investors? I mean, what, what would you say in, in the last five
1: years that you've, you've said, oh, yeah, this, it's got to be like this? Um, so it, you know, it might seem like a cliche, and, and I and I always think of that. Uh, you know, the the people say that if you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. Uh, but but to a certain extent, that's true. And when you, what I have found, the biggest differentiator, because you know, great ideas are plentiful. Um, executing them is obviously a lot more difficult. But when you go in front of an investor, it's not enough just to have a good idea. Um, some investors will obviously they will respond to that and that may be enough but in my experience what i found is uh the passion behind the pitch is what's really critical and investors want to see that you're emotionally invested in the project and uh they want to see that this is something that you have a personal interest in and a personal passion in. and that's you know for me like again it is a cliche but i In 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 incredible amount of effort and time and money and everything that I've spent over the last three and a half years, uh, I don't really feel like it's a job. It hasn't really felt like work because even if I never started Easy Three Sixty Five, I would have been in front of the computer doing crypto investing and doing the researching projects and doing all this stuff on my own. So um, having that passion, I think, is really critical and uh, believing truly believing in what you're doing and you know again it's the proof is in the pudding i've been bootstrapping this project we have raised some money but for the most part you know it's three and a half years and uh uh, a lot of a lot of investment made and uh i i i don't regret it for a second
0: at schneider electric we empower canadian businesses to utilize energy and resources efficiently schneider electric the future of energy Well, I mean, are entrepreneurs like you and me, <coughs> are we wired differently? <laughs> I mean, you know, it, it, is there something, to, you know, in a positive way, is is there something y- unique about the, the entrepreneurial mindset?
1: I think there is. Um, and, yeah, there, I mean, there's positives and there's negatives because I think the the, the level of risk-taking that is necessary can, can definitely be uh, – uh a con in in certain settings uh the the ability to uh just scrape by and and do whatever needs to be done um the ability to problem solve uh when things pop up and seem insurmountable um you know it is it is uh a unique mentality i think and and sometimes i wonder you know i'll, I'll be lying in bed going well what did i get myself into but uh those thoughts are few and far between. you know we are human after all uh during setbacks and things of that nature but uh overall you know it's it's uh it's an incredible place to be and and uh, i'm I'm very
0: comfortable no so, so it's incredible, but I mean what's the best thing you know what what may you know you did twenty years not up, not being an entrepreneur what's what's the major difference what's that switch from here to hear kind of thing.
1: What's I some- think it's the, the, the ability to control, to a certain extent, control the outcome. And, you know, at a, at the highest level, I would say, uh, you know, I, I still look back. Uh, it was um, my my partner, my student-to-be partner and I, uh, who was, at the time we were just friends. Uh, we went for lunch and... Um, You know, okay. so I'll give you this story as well, because it helps uh, put things into context. So he was one of the guys that called me for help in buying Bitcoin. And I took him through. We went out for lunch. I gave him the intro. I showed him, you know, where to go to the exchange, how to get in, do your KYC, et cetera, et cetera. And a couple of weeks later, he called me back and he said, this has been the most frustrating exercise of my life. I've been stumped every step of the way. I, I still haven't gotten through. I, I just, can, can, we, can we go out for lunch again? I have a million more questions. So we went out for lunch again. And the second time he, we sat down and he said, listen, I come from a customer support background. I have run call centers out of the Philippines for incoming and outgoing and sales and tech support and things like that. He said, why don't we u- utilize my existing uh, call centers in the Philippines and we can provide support for crypto companies, because there's no, like, he's like, I keep getting stumped and there's no phone call. You send them an email, you don't hear back for weeks. Like it's crazy. So, and then I said, why don't we just build a platform from the ground up with the support already baked right in. And that's literally how the idea started. And, um, uh, you know, it, it was, it was that, that impetus where uh, he needed the help and we need, we we had, so, we sat down for lunch. We came up with this idea. We went home. you know, we met the next day. We talked about it a little bit more. And within three months, you know, there was a company registered. We were in an office. We had some employees. we were we were building this out. and and it, it's just incredibly rewarding to be able to take uh, something from your mind and then manifest it in the real world. I think that's what you know I'm not an artist. I have zero artistic skill, but it blows my mind that somebody can envision something in their mind and then create something with their hands, whether it's a painting or a sculpture that other people can then enjoy and admire. And, you know, building a business, there, there's some definite analogy to that. You're taking something from your mind and you're manifesting it through your hands and through, uh, and, and to, to, be able to realize a vision, uh, like that is really not possible in a corporate environment unless you're the CEO or, or, you know, mm-hmm. thereabouts, or you're a founder. So, um, I, I like I said I had a very rewarding uh, 20 plus year career in the corporate world and uh, had senior positions had a lot of influence uh, but you know it, it's different you come up with a vision if it's a, if it's a large enough hierarchy uh, good luck trying to get that implemented especially if it's groundbreaking if it's if it's something that's never been done before you know uh, there, there there's a lot of conservativeness in within yeah. Yeah. The corporate world for obvious reasons so. I think to me that's the most exciting thing is 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 just uh, you know being able to realize your vision.
0: If you had to pick one word to describe yourself,
1: Russell, you know, what would that word be and why? <laughs> um the first word that popped into my head when you said that was tenacious. Uh, so to me, uh, con- basketball—that's a common one. Yeah, I think all, <laughs> yeah the, the, that is a common one. We don't, one. Know, we we don't know how to quit. Um, yeah. Um, uh, maybe visionary as well. I do like to. You know, uh, my my skill is uh, is is more on the on the. You know, my my head is my wife is the the detail oriented one in the family. Thank God. Uh, my head is usually in the cloud, so I, I do like imagining things. I do like coming up with, with ideas that have never been thought of before. Um, it's, uh, it, it's, it's exciting to break new ground. That, that to me, is, is what I like to try to always accomplish.
0: You know, on, the, on the mentoring side, which is a really important thing in, on our journeys, you know, what's the best piece of advice you've received that you keep on using because good advice is something that stays there, you know
1: what I mean. Um, so this will be another cliche, but the idea of uh, work life balance is so important. I'm I'm always cognizant of uh, not burning out and not you know going too hard. Um, I've got two kids. So I don't know. You've been going pretty hard the
0: last couple of
1: weeks. I know that. <laughs> well, there 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 will be exceptions, fits and spurts along the way for sure, but. Uh, generally speaking, you know, I'm blessed with two wonderful boys, uh, 17 and 20. My wife and I on Sunday will be celebrating our 22nd anniversary. Cool. Um, so, uh, I, 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 really like to make sure that I, I spend a lot of time there with my family. And, um, uh, yeah. uh, I have uh, a close friend of mine, uh, Cherry Tan, who I think maybe, you know, as well. Um, maybe not. She's in, she's here in Toronto, but, uh, for some reason I thought we had talked about it. maybe I'm thinking of somebody else, but anyway. Um, so she's uh, her project is all about talking to founders about mental illness and specifically, you know, the dangers of burning out mm-hmm. and what can happen and, and things like that. So, that to me, you know, you have to push yourself uh, sometimes past your limits, but you then you have to take breaks if that happens because taking care of your mental health, uh, and your physical health. I practice yoga, mm-hmm. I try every day uh i try to do meditation and and try to keep my mind clear it's it's incredibly important otherwise uh you you cannot succeed with with all all work focus
0: what what books are you reading listening to whatever um or, or something what books i guess it's a bit of both what books have really you know it's a bit of the the mentoring thing what books have influenced you that you keep you know maybe opening up
1: every so often going back again yeah. um it's uh so i have uh i have a few favorites for sure um one book that i just read not too long ago that a friend of mine recommended uh i can't remember the author off the top of my head but the, the five dysfunctions of a team um mm-hmm. a, an excellent really really good book about a theoretical mm-hmm. company and these things like how to how to make your team most efficient yeah. um but um Probably my my most influential books in my life uh, would be uh, I would say there's three uh, Ishmael by Daniel Quinn, um, uh, the Tao of Pooh by Benjamin Hoff, uh, and uh, the book by Alan Watts. So those would be uh, <laughs> very different. A lot of a lot of Eastern uh, philosophy in some of them, uh, but. Um, i go back to those books uh, regularly and and uh just just love all three of those
0: you know what so you you talked about work-life balance which is kind of interesting for me um uh, what you know my kids are a lot I have grandkids so mm-hmm. i kind of look back at it and say oh maybe i didn't have the best work-life balance um uh, what does a typical day look like for you? Because you are driving things pretty hard. I know that. You know how do you maintain the kind of focus that's needed to succeed with the kind of you know, uh, I, I guess attention that's needed to yourself physically and the relationships that 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 the kind of that, that are so critical basically.
1: Uh, time management is is a very valuable skill for sure. And I try to uh, set a schedule um, even the night before, like in one hour blocks, uh, if I have various tasks. I, I personally, uh, I cannot multitask. Uh, I, I believe that multitasking in general is a myth. I think people that say that they're good at it are good at faking it, but I think our brains are wired to only focus on one thing at a time. And when you try to multitask, you just do multiple things poorly. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's very important for me, and I try not to get distracted. Like if I set an hour to do something, whether it's reading, whether it's you know going through email, whatever, it's that task. I, I I actually get anxiety when I have when something pops up and I have to attend to it, and I've got to switch. You know what I'm what I'm doing that I still have twenty more minutes of, and I have to go on to something else. It bothers me, and I get actual anxiety from that because I like to stick to that schedule. So making sure that uh, the uh, you know physical fitness is is in there, uh, making sure that there's time for family in there. So I always, my kids are 20 and 17. Uh, they're both in the house at the moment, um, which makes things a little bit easier. So I will coordinate with them and I'll literally get a block of time. I'll say tomorrow at seven o'clock, we're going to hang out and, and watch something on TV or we're going to just chat or whatever. We're going to go out for a bite. Um, and so yeah, really trying to to get that schedule and stick to it is uh, is very helpful and and helps make, maintain that work life balance. So, we are you a morning or a night person in that, that organization? Definitely morning. I am. Uh, I like to be asleep by ten. I like to be up by six. Um, I love the mornings. I come downstairs. You know the, the house is quiet, and it's in the winter. It's still dark, and everyone's still sleeping. And that's my quiet time. I make my coffee. I sit down. I just I don't look at email. I'll I might watch a show from the night before or something like that. But I'll it, it's just like it's a slow, leisurely uh, awakening <laughs> into the day. I don't like jumping out of bed and and uh, having to rush to something. So yeah, definitely a morning person.
0: So so I mean, apart from the crypto thing you know, um, which obviously you immersed in. You're a bit of a futurist, I know. Um, you know, what are you most excited about these days in in, in the
1: world, the, the, the strange and wonderful world that we live in, basically? Yeah, it's certainly strange and wonderful, that's for sure. Um, so I really am fascinated by uh, the concept of, of the metaverse. Uh, and, in terms of you know in cryptocurrency now we're seeing it in nfts uh the largest is probably decentraland but there's sandbox there's crypto voxels there's somnium space there's a number uh uplift world uh is one that i'm personally involved in and um you know when you think like it, it rubs sometimes when you explain this concept and and if somebody doesn't know uh what this is i usually say have you seen the movie ready player one uh, and if you have, then you kind of have a general idea. And, and you know, there, there's certainly uh, whether it's 2025, whether it's 2030. I don't know when it will be, but over the next few years, we will. You know, as the technology evolves, eventually, uh, VR and will be full immersion where it'll be indistinguishable from the real world. Uh, you'll be able to put on maybe a full body suit and. You'll have every sensation that you have in the real world and you can meet with friends and whatnot. So a lot of people look at this as a dystopian future, uh, but I think that it'll actually open things up. And, you know, human nature is such, and we're seeing it now as things open up, how much we've missed human-to-human contact. Uh, so I don't think it'll ever fully replace that, but um, I just think it's, it's uh, you know, to have... Uh, uh, a a virtual online world or or various ones uh, that that you can interact with and you can meet with people and you can, you know, I'm building uh, an art gallery, a fully immersive art gallery in the in in my virtual world so that people can come and they can see all of the art display that we're selling in the real world and they can see it there and they can in in a a three dimensional space. Um, And again, it's still very, very rudimentary compared to where it will be uh, five or 10 years from now. Uh, so I I I just love this whole concept of the metaverse and and uh, where it might go over the next few years.
0: Very very interesting, Russell. It's been great meeting you. Uh, uh, well, uh, for those that don't, I, we do know each other, but that, that's <laughs> fine. Uh, um, Full disclosure, <laughs> uh, and, and lot I mean, lots of people listen to this. So so uh, how. How can people get a hold of you if you spot something that they, that they want to follow up on? What's the best way for people to get a hold of you?
1: Yeah, so uh, um, I, I am on, um, you can certainly reach me uh, via email, but um, just generally, uh, I stick to Facebook. That's my one social media advice, mm-hmm. uh, but I, I use it personally and I use it uh, a lot for promotion of my business. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can certainly reach me there at facebook.com slash Russell Chorus. Um, Mm -hmm. That would probably be the easiest way. Uh, Anyone can send me a DM DM and I will respond. If we're not already friends, you can tell me that you saw me on this podcast and we can communicate. Thanks, Russell. It's been great having you. Um, You you really appreciate you coming on Canvas Podcast. Thank you so much, Phil. Really uh, uh, great being on and uh, we'll talk soon. Nice to see you again.
0: This podcast is brought to you by Schneider Electric. Supporting Canadian businesses with innovative energy management and automation solutions. Schneider Electric, your digital partner for sustainability and efficiency.